Uh, If you will, open your Bibles up to uh, the book of Colossians. Uh, The book of Colossians, if you do not have a Bible with you, uh, there is one uh, in the pew in front of you. Colossians is toward the end of your Bible. It's a letter of Paul, sits in the New Testament. And um, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3. We're reading a little more than what we read uh, for the begin at the, uh, the, the, the New Testament uh, scripture time. So uh, we're going to back up and we're going to start in verse 5, if you will. And I want to walk through what's happening here. Uh, the passage itself uh, connects to Thanksgiving, but kind of at the tail end of it all. Uh, The passage as a whole, starting from verse 5 to about 17, which is where we'll end, 5 to 17, uh, is actually a wonderful passage uh, when we have a baptism that has happened, because the whole passage is talking about, well, it starts off with uh, the old self and, and the need to die to this old self, and then it talks about the new self, and then it ends with with how we should live our lives, which is gratitude, thanksgiving to God, right? Let's begin, uh, well, in verse 5. Here's what we read. We we hear Paul saying, put to death, therefore. These are the things that are to die. These are the things that when you walk into that baptismal, they wash away. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then he names a few things. Now, this is not an exhaustive list at all, but he just wants you to have an idea of what he's talking about, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, right? These are the sorts of things that we should die to. There is this old self, and we see it in the world, and sometimes we still see it in our own selves, don't we? And he goes on, and he says something Well, that might strike fear in your heart. It should. It does in mine. He says, On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. The wrath of God is coming. Here's one way in which I understand the wrath of God. I understand it as a consuming fire. A refining fire. The thing that eats up all that is bad in the world and that should not be and should never have been. That is wrath. It consumes it all because it should not exist. All of those things mentioned already, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, he's saying that is not what we are designed for. You and I, this is not what we are designed for. We were created in the image of God. Genesis chapter 2. We're created in the image of God. But here, well, there's these other things that have crept in that are not part of the image of God. And they must be dealt with in one way or another. And Christ offers us a very clear way. We witnessed it this morning. Paul goes on. He says, in these you you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. And in case you missed the first set, he gives you a few more examples. He says, anger and wrath and malice and slander, obscene talk, they should all go away. All of this should be burned up in fire, that refining fire. 
It should all be dealt with in some fashion. You were once living in anger, in wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. This is not what you were created to do. And I'll say it this way, if all of those get burned up in that refining fire, when you play with these things, you are playing with fire. That's just all there is to it. Our scriptures say it again and again. And I know sin is not popular to talk about these days, but on occasion, it's a worthwhile thing. Frankly, I should probably do this more regularly than I do. He goes on, verse 9. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off, and here's the language, the old self. That old self that was supposed to go away in your baptism, that was supposed to have died with Christ when Christ died on the cross, you have put off the old self with its practices, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, and here it is, after the image of its creator. After the image of its creator, you and I, from the beginning, we are all created in the image of God. And what Je- Jesus is saying, what Paul is saying here, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us this morning, is that when we live in these other ways, we are living outside of our own design. And our design is to be made and live within the image of God. And these other ways of living, well, they need to die It needs to be part of the old self, and we need to put on the new self. And then he says, here, there is not Greek, and there's not Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. He says, it doesn't matter who you are. There's no boundary lines anymore, is what Paul says, which would have been pretty radical for Paul, who was trained and raised as a good Jew, to say there's no longer Jew, non-Jew. That's not a category we live by anymore, he would say, which is pretty radical in his day. And there are some categories that probably need to be broken down to this very day. They don't matter, but Christ is all and in all. Christ is all and in all. Verse 12 continues, and now we get the positive side. The side you're probably expecting this morning, it, it is Thanksgiving after all, so it's a, it's a, cheerer, uh, it, it's a cheery time of year, uh, and so you're probably expecting a more uplifting sermon, and we are getting there. Uh, And indeed, in verse 12, this is what happens. So if we die to that old self, and that, in the waters of baptism, goes under, what gets raised up? Who are you when you come out of that water? Or at least, who should we be? And Paul says it very clearly. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on what? Compassionate hearts. Put on kindness. Put on humility. 
put on meekness and put on patience and bear with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. And here's a really nice list. Probably something we should write on our, our mirror in our bathroom so that when you wake up in the morning, it's this list of things that we should be. It's the new self. It's the new way of living in this world, the way designed by God because it embodies God's very character. Compassionate and kind and even humble and meek and patient and long-suffering and as people who forgive. And then at the end of the day, when you're getting ready for bed, you go back into your bathroom and you see that list and you probably have to pray a a prayer of confession or some kind of, I didn't quite get it, but maybe tomorrow I'll be even one step closer, right? Even one step closer. Because this whole thing of living into the, the new self, as Paul calls it. I might wish for it to happen at age you know, 10, <laughs> and then you just coast the rest of your life. But I don't know about you, but at age 41, I'm still trying to be kinder and more humble and more patient, etc. But here, too, again, is just a list. It's just examples, that is. Paul's not giving us an exhaustive list of things that we should do and be. If anything, he's he's pointing us to a person, isn't he? He's saying that Christ is all and in all. And he always points us back to the person of Christ. He says, well, we have one model. The rest of your Bible, it's filled with other models, But I think if you've heard me preach long enough, they all have little faults here and there, sometimes big faults, right? We just got done with Jonah. (laughs) They all have these little problems, but we do have this one model. We have Christ, and in him we see, as Paul will say elsewhere, the fullness of God in the flesh, the fullness of God in the flesh. And so if you want to know what your true identity looks like, what your image should look like, well, then we study and we look at the person of Jesus. Because just like Jesus, we, are die, we die with him and we are raised again to walk in newness of life with him. Paul continues, and in verse 14, he kind of puts the capstone Uh, on it as far as virtues go. When we talk about traditional virtues, it is love that stands at the peak. And so he says, and above all these things, put on love. Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. He'll use the, uh, the, the image of song in a a future point. We'll get there in a minute. But here, he uses the idea of harmony in connection to love, and love binds all of these things together, and it makes this beautiful symphony. And without it, well, Paul will say elsewhere, 
It's just a noisy gong, right? 1 Corinthians 13. Without that one, love, it's just a noisy gong. And then 15 and following, these are the passages that we read for our New Testament reading this morning. I chose them because 15, 16, and 17 in a row all talk about thanksgiving. They all demand of us that we give thanks. And so we see this. We see once again in verse 15, this character trait of Jesus that we are supposed to take on. We see, let the peace of Christ, Christ's peace, the very sort of peace he embodied when he lived and died on this earth and was raised again, that very peace is the sort of peace we too are to embody. We're to let it rule in our hearts because we were indeed called in one body. And then here's the first one. And be thankful, right? And be thankful. It's worth asking, why is he saying this three times, the thankful part? And we'll get there momentarily. Verse 17, he continues. And he said, Oh, did I skip 16? 16. He then gives us another attribute of Christ. He says, let the word of Christ. So first it's the peace of Christ. Let that dwell in your heart. Now it's the the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And here again, it's something that we're taking of Christ's. This is the new self. And we are applying it to ourselves. This word, word, the word of Christ, some of you might have a different uh, translation here. It's a, it's a famous word. Logos is, is the word, right? It has a very rich uh, tradition, uh, a, a whole set of meanings that it could possibly mean. Uh, but at, very, at the very least means uh, Christ's, uh, well, word, of course, but, but his thought His mind, the mind of Christ, Paul will talk about this elsewhere, take on the mind of Christ, right? Or the way I like to think of it, take on the interiority of Christ. Whatever is happening on the inside of Jesus as he is living on this earth, who he is from the inside out, well, that's who you and I are meant to be. Right there. The interiority of Christ. Let it dwell in you richly. Live into that kind of way of being. And how do we do it? Well, we teach and we admonish one another in all wisdom. And then here he comes back to the the songs. And he says, and singing psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs. And it's this kind of beautiful crescendo that he's leading up to, to the end of it all. It, often, when uh, in, in my own life, maybe, maybe in yours too, uh, this certainly happens in poetry, when we run out of words to say, the next best thing is music in my mind. Because sometimes music can say what well, we can't say with our own lips. And here Paul is appealing to music. 
And we are to sing these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And here it is again, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Thankfulness. And what you can't catch in our English translation here is that the thankfulness flows directly from the singing. That there's something about the singing itself that creates a joy and a thankfulness in one's own heart that fills it to the brim and causes us to be thankful. And why? Why are we so thankful? We'll get there in a minute. Last verse. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And here it is again, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Here's what I would say about this verse. It's, it's quite action-oriented, isn't it? So whatever you do, whether you're in word or in deed, actions, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. I would just want to put a, 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 an important caveat on this verse, because I see a lot of people doing things in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, um, and I just want to make sure that we get verse 16 in the right place. You see, before you can do things in the name of Jesus, one must go through that interior route first. One must take on the peace of Christ. One must take on the interior life of Christ. And only once that interior is prepared, then doing the things of Jesus, one, makes sense at all, but two, is done in a way that is in keeping with our Lord and Savior. Instead of using, or worse, abusing, the name of Jesus. And I see things done in the world, and I'm sure you do too, in the name of Jesus. And sure, it's being done in, in word and, and deed, but that first part's missing. And that, that Christ and his interior life, his word and his, his mind and his peace haven't dwelt within maybe you, maybe me sometimes, and certainly the world and therefore, the doing the things in the name of Jesus is out of whack. But if we get it all in, in, in the right line, and if indeed we give ourselves over entirely, inside and out, to the work of Jesus, what is the result? The result is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And why? Why is that the result? Why is this so important that three times Paul has to say, be thankful. With thankfulness, sing songs. Whatever you do, give thanks to God the Father through him. Why? Reason is simple. Because if we know our story, our story is that we well, we were that Colossians 3, 5 part, right? 
We were that part that needed to be put to death. We had all of that within us. The consuming fire had to burn it up. And we were given a new life in Christ. A life capable of love and compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience and long-suffering. All of this was possible through the death and the resurrection of Christ because in Christ we find all and we are all in him. And the only only proper response to that story of your life is thank God. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. There is nothing left to do. We, we, we thank you. Lord, without you, we are left with an old self, an old self in need of redemption, an old self in need of salvation. And Lord, through you, through Christ and the work on the cross, Lord, we find that and so much more. We find our very true selves. We find who we were designed to be. We find the image of God that was buried within us and needed to come out. Lord, we thank you. Lord, right now, I know that there are people in this room who need more of you. Some of you need to give your lives over for the very first time, but some of you, we just need to be reminded of whose we are and whose image we are created. And so, Lord, this morning, as we sing together a song of thankfulness, Lord, it is my prayer that today, as we walk out of here, we go give over to you another piece of ourselves. Or Lord, perhaps there is someone in here who needs to give over their whole self this morning. And if so, I would ask that they come and speak to me. Lord, I'm grateful for your servant, Eli Roth, who gave us a witness this morning of what it means to give himself over to you. May we all do the same thing. In Christ's name we pray.